Hey, what's up, bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app that's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we tell us worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically reforming preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building, right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to the bar. We are grateful you're listening. Like I start every show, I like to big hats off and big shout out to the listeners man you guys are awesome tuning into the bar sharing it buying the gear man and, and let people know what your favorite podcast is we are definitely grateful um and while i'm in the thanking mood also want to uh thank uh the christian podcast community for uh nominating and selecting one of our podcasts in our network just thinking as podcast of the year for 2018 so congratulations to virgil and daryl for their excellent work and thank you to the christian podcast community uh mr andrew rappenport and the crew Man, every week I bring you an excellent guest, and this week is just like any of those other weeks. I have an excellent guest. Got to meet this gentleman at G3 before the interview. Usually uh, uh, it happens backwards. I interview him, and then I get to meet him, but I actually got to meet this gentleman uh, before I got to interview him, which was really awesome. But today we have on none other than Mr. Tom Buck. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to talk to you today. Yes, sir. Same here. Same here. Tom was was uh, at G3 and, you know, he had a very sad hoodie on, but he was proud to wear it. And um... <laughs> You had to throw that in there, didn't you? I, of course. Of course. I had to, man. But no, he was wearing a cowboy hoodie and, you know, I couldn't, you know, I, I gave I gave him props to being proud because my Colts lost the same weekend, you know, so uh, definitely understood the the sour we mourn together um but tom for those that may not know who you are i'm gonna give you the floor to introduce yourself whether you want to share whether it's personal or professional you have the floor to do that here 
Well, I'm uh, the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Lindell, Texas. I've uh, been the pastor here for a little over 13 years and have served as a senior pastor in two different churches for 25 years total as a senior pastor. I was in uh, Florida in a town called Newport Ritchie there at uh, Riverside Baptist Fellowship for uh, 12 years and uh, just uh, thankful that the Lord has... Uh, using me in ministry to preach the Word of God. That's my passion, is uh, to shepherd the flock of God and preach His Word. It is an absolute privilege to be able to do that. It amazes me uh, every day that I'm able to sit down and study God's Word and, and prepare to feed the sheep. What an incredible opportunity in ministry that is. Amen. Yes, sir. That is. I definitely agree. Um, pastors, uh, have a, a special role and, um, you know, definitely hats off to all the pastors, man. And one thing about this podcast, we have a lot of pastors that listen um, and we do a thing called Local Pastor Spotlight. So we're going to start, I guess, the questions on that side of the game. Um, you mentioned you've been at this church for 13. Was this a church plant or were you brought in? Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, coming into this current church. Well, it was an existing church. It, uh, I think, Founded around 1876, so a long time standing church. Um, I uh, uh, was called by the church to come here and serve, and and I was excited about the uh, shared vision and shared uh, doctrinal unity uh, that this church had, along with where uh, I stood in the preaching of God's word, and they desired to to grow and be built upon expositional preaching, which is what I'm committed to doing as a pastor. Um, so. It's uh, this church has been here a long time, and I'm thankful for the great history that it has, and a privilege to be able to pastor it. Gotcha, gotcha. And so coming in, you know, for for those those uh, guys that are maybe leaving seminary or uh, you know uh, maybe uh, not lead pastors just yet, uh, coming in, what were some of the challenges you faced coming into this new church? And uh, what were some, I guess, how did you kind of handle those for those that may be in that similar situation? Yeah, I think some of the challenges uh, that I had are what really any pastor uh, would have and should be thinking about when they come in. That is to first and foremost be concerned about getting to know the people and love the people and shepherding the people before you try to come in and, and set time, some type of an agenda for the people. Um, mm. Having come out of seminary, I saw a lot of you know I've you know been senior pastor for 25 years, so I've seen a lot of guys come and and go in ministry, and and so many of them I've seen, particularly you know going in as a lead pastor, they're more concerned about uh, trying to change things and move things, even sometimes and maybe more times than not, wanting to bring health to the church in places that it's unhealthy, but they tend to forget that you know those folks have been there a lot longer then obviously mm -hmm. then you have many of them uh, will, will be there a lot longer after you leave in a lot of circumstances. <laughs> and so we need to have a love and a concern uh, for the people that are there and not just think that, you know, we've shown up on the scene and we can, uh, we have mm -hmm. all the answers and can bring all of the health overnight. So that'd be one thing. Another <laughs> thing I would say is that you go uh, with the mindset and the intent that, that that's where you're going to be uh, for, for life. You know, obviously I wasn't that mm -hmm. in Florida. Um, the Lord uh, opened up this opportunity, and, and I felt it was a good thing to, to do to come here at First Baptist Lindell. 
but I, I think what happens, you know, it's an old saying. I don't know who first said it. I've heard modern guys, their leadership gurus claim that they came up with it or act like they did. But I've heard it for years, and that is that uh, uh, you you forget the fact that you overthink what you can uh, or overestimate what you think you can change in five, uh, five uh, months, and you un- underestimate what can happen in five years. And so I, mm. I think that there needs to be a long-term mentality. And one of the things that I found is that you really – you really have to be in a church, um, you know, I would say close to seven years before you really get to the point where you've developed the kind of leadership trust and, and to mm-hmm. use terminology, leadership cash to be able to uh, bring about and, and seek some of the deeper changes that you would want to see happen in the church, even those that are positive and healthy. Right. Wow. That's that's really good. Um and and I hope the listeners uh, listen to that, man, because I think, like you said, uh, a lot of times uh, the agendas are in place before you actually get to know people. And, and that's that's most of the, you know, being a shepherd, man, is part of it. So that's really good. So as far as uh, your church and and the community, uh, what are some of the things uh, that you guys are doing to, uh, I guess, reach that? Uh, that dynamic in your community or, or outside the walls or, or if anything, what are you guys doing in, uh, in Lindale? One of the challenges that we have here in Lindale, you know, it's, it's East Texas. And so there's a long history of, of um, cultural Christianity. And so one of the things that, that I have done here is for one is to, to work and labor at, uh, equipping all of our people and being able to both understand the gospel, uh, to be able to articulate the gospel clearly, um, and uh, train and equip them to be able to be prepared to share the gospel with uh, neighbors and, and friends and loved ones. Because one of the reasons is is that what I find in cultural Christianity is you have to many times work at getting people lost before you can get them saved. <laughs> in other words, mm. there's a lot of people <laughs> in cultural Christianity that think they're believers. And uh, mm. to them, it's, you know, they, uh, when we came here, um, or when I came here, there were uh, over 2,000 on our church rolls, uh, yet there were uh, over 1,000 that people that were had not attended in years, had no connection with the church, uh, were satisfied with calling themselves a believer without in any way um, being uh, actively involved in the church. So those are that's one of the things that we've had to do is is uh, help people understand how to how to reach people in cultural Christianity. So it's a, a lot different than when I was in Florida, where we were in a very we were not in a, a rural area like we are here uh, and there. Uh, it was very different living in a pagan culture and a pagan environment. So we approached uh, evangelism a little bit differently as far as techniques. We still trained everyone to spread the gospel, but uh, here um, it's, it's just a little bit different dynamic. You might want to explore that a little bit more with me if you have some questions, but uh, um, yeah, it's just interesting dynamic when you're living in cultural Christianity. Yeah, no, for real. That's it's funny you said that because I always make the joke on the podcast about, you know, in the Carolinas, you know, everybody's saved already, you know, so there's no need to evangelize or, you know, hit the streets because the whole two states full of saved folks. 
<laughs> yeah, and and, and, and that, you know the thing is, they think they pray. You know, I prayed a prayer at one time, and and uh, yep. I did that when I was seven years old. I took care of that. You know, I did that in VBS when I was a kid, and and mm-hmm. there's even though there's a total disconnect of the, of of the gospel and their living, a total disconnect even in in their thinking how they, they don't view the world through the gospel. So there's uh, one of the best ways for us to reach our community for Christ is to equip our people and get them grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're just be spinning our wheels in our community of, of talking to people about the gospel when we're, they're using it. They have a totally different mindset and dictionary of what they mean by that, where we have to come in and say, here's mm-hmm. what the Bible says about what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's very true. Very, very, very true. So one thing, Tom, I love, uh, uh, before I even got to talk to you face to face, was your Twitter presence. <laughs> Not everybody I, loves I, that. I, but <laughs> I know, I know. Not everybody loves it, but but like it's <laughs> it's so like it make when I met you, it made so much sense, man. Because it's it, it you you are genuinely uh, like interested in real conversation. Like you're not trolling. You're not you know just throwing shots. Uh, you're you're genuinely, you know, when you challenge something or you, you know, somebody posts something, it's not even necessarily, I don't even think it's a challenge for you. I think it's just, you really want a better understanding. Um, I don't, I'm trying to figure out a good way to phrase a question about Twitter. Cause I, I really enjoy your, the way you engage. Well, I guess, what is your mindset on Twitter? You know, the whole Twitter space, Twitter world, how do you approach that? And then also incorporate, you know, being a pastor and how that may affect, you know, the way that you, you are on Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm learning as I'm going along. It's really, I, I'll tell you, it's one of the most difficult things. Uh, it's also one of the most, um, I think, uh, good tools if, if somebody can learn to use it well. But um, <laughs> for me, I am, I, I think that one of the harder parts for me for, for Twitter is that, you know, it is so easy to get caught up, and I admit that I do, you know, in what they call hot takes. And mm-hmm. seeing seeing something that just um, you know to use the terminology triggers something in you uh, regarding <laughs> some direction that evangelical Christianity is going that is just deeply disturbing. I have always been one who is, uh, I mean, just absolute to my core, committed to the Word of God. I see the Word of God as being not just inerrant, as I most certainly do, but I see that if it is inerrant. And if it is God's word, it must be sufficient. So when mm. I begin to see when I begin to see evangelicals go in a direction that denies the sufficiency of Scripture, that deeply disturbs me. So I have some folks on Twitter that I'm friends with that are atheists, and I gauge mm. them totally different um, than I engage someone who is, you know, a, a person who is supposed to be a leader in evangelicalism, who is. Uh, moving in directions that either deny or it certainly do call into question the sufficiency of Scripture. So, um, and I think I struggle in those areas the most because, you know, it seems like there's so much to be concerned about that some folks, even within my own church, I think at times go, you know, is there anybody that Tom likes? Uh, <laughs> in the process of things, which there are. In fact, some of the people I disagree with. Um, we have good interactions. We go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's the media on your boy uh Bouillet. uh he and i have mm-hmm. some strong disagreements on things but we talk with one another we respect one another it's often people that jump in right. and try to interject things that mm-hmm. that can can derail you but uh yeah i've i have some wonderful relationships with with uh pagan atheist individuals who i'm i'm using as an opportunity to uh, have gospel conversations with. And the funny thing is, they'll say to me, many of them, that I'm one of the few, if only Christians on Twitter, that treat them with any dignity and respect. So I think there's a way wow. we can engage in godly ways. Yeah, no, that's that's sad to hear that from them, but I wish I could say that was the first time I ever heard that, man. But I've heard that several times, um, just, you know, uh, people just being, I don't know, just rude uh, to those that, you know, need the gospel, um, as opposed to, you know, being kind and gentle and, and, but standing firm on the truth. And I'm glad you brought up the, <laughs> the, the, the Tabidi tweets. Cause those, those are the ones I really enjoy. Like y'all, like literally y'all could write a, a book together, like a, a part A, part B. And I think it would be really <laughs> like a split right down the middle, man. And I think that'll be a, a really, I mean, cause it is, the thing about Tabidi, although I disagree with everybody knows at the bar where we stand, but we disagree with him completely. I mean, he he's very articulate and he he puts things well, you know, and yes, he does. Uh, that's 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 why we love Daryl so much, because Daryl is able to be articulate and put things well the way I'm thinking. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm a country boy from Turkey, North Carolina. You know, I, I don't I don't know big words. So I just enjoy when people can put it out there the way I would say it if I was, I say, if I was smart as they were. And I, I look at the conversation that you and uh, Tabidi have, and uh, and it's always, always fun to, uh, to, to read through. And, uh, and it's good to know that you guys, you know, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not malice, uh, but it's, it's, it's a real attempt to, uh, to communicate. Um, so that that's always good to know. All right, listeners right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back so many christians struggle with suffering and yet they do it alone because most of us are too ashamed to let others know that we're struggling we struggle alone because we think that there's something wrong as christians we shouldn't be struggling at all we should just have the answers and yet that's not the case there's many of us who struggles whether it be within our marriage whether it be with our children whether it be with physical ailments I want to let you know of a conference coming to Freehold, New Jersey to help with this. It is called the Sanctification Through Suffering Conference. It is going to be held at Chinese American Bible Church in Freehold, New Jersey. You can get all the information and the speakers. The speakers will be Justin Peters, who if you know him, you know he struggles physically. Frank Mullis, Colleen Sharp, and Joe Suazo. And we will have this conference. You can get all the details and register at strivingforeternity.org slash conference dash on dash suffering. Get all the details and I hope to see you there. All right, we're back in here with uh, my dear brother, Mr. Tom Buck. And uh, super excited to have him on the show. Grateful that he will come on the show um, definitely enjoy your time here. Um, what we like to do here, Tom, on the back end, I call it the fun end. This is where we uh, answer three signature bar questions. These are three questions I ask, ask all of my guests. 
And um, we're going to do that. And uh, then we'll be on our way out of here. So the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> well, the interesting thing is I'm very eclectic in, in my musical mm. taste. So I don't have any style of music that I listen to at, at you know, consistently. So um, I'll tell you some of the things I like. So I grew up in the 80s, um, so I love 80s music. Um, that hasn't hasn't changed uh, at all in that. Um, I have, uh, I love classical music. Uh, so I listen to that mostly when I'm studying. I'll listen to classical music. Um, so I, I enjoy that. I, one of my favorite uh, musicians is Shy Lynn. So I mm -hmm. love to listen to Shy Lynn. Uh, it took me a while, not with Shy Lynn really as much, but it took me a while to kind of um, adjust myself to to listening to any type of hip hop or rap. But uh, uh, it it just you know stylistically, I guess it was just out of you know I'm older, I'm 53 years old, so mm -hmm. it took a while to do that. Mm -hmm. But what drew me to it was uh, both with E Triple E was the uh, Sound Doctrine. And right. I just, you know, Shia Lynn, you know, and I can't remember, I'm not real good at remembering album names and stuff, but Shia Lynn's is, is about as sound of a theologian uh, that I have ever come across just from lyrically, uh, lyrics and music. Oh, for so, sure. So anyway, that's, that's some of the music I listen to. Uh, there might be, you know, there's probably other things I listen to as well, but I'm, I love jazz. I'm, I'm just very eclectic in, in a lot of ways. Cool. Good deal, man. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? Well, for me right now, because I'm, I'm finishing up my dissertation and I'm writing on uh, expositional preaching and particularly I'm doing um, I'm looking at working on a definition and a defense for expositional, expositional preaching from scripture as a and, and saying, can we uh, glean a definition by uh, looking at how uh, sermons were in the New Testament, particularly looking at the book of Hebrews as a sermon. So everything that I'm reading right now, uh, unfortunately, is in, I, I guess I could say, unfortunately, in one sense, because it's not broad enough of where I normally read, is uh, in, in that realm. So right now, though, particularly a book that's impacted me greatly is John Piper's Exposition uh, Exaltation. It's a newer book mm -hmm. that's out, Christian Preaching as Worship. And I think that uh, the thing that has impacted me the most in thinking about defining expositional preaching and what I believe is absolutely what we find in uh, the New Testament is how to rightly preach Christ. And he has two chapters that I think every preacher should reach uh, read. Excuse me, um, called uh, chapter fifteen and sixteen in his book on expository exaltation in Christ crucified, because I think most pastors, including myself, have a difficult time in figuring out and, and thinking through rightly how do I go from this passage of scriptures, particularly an Old Testament text or narrative or something, to move my way to the gospel. And he does a wonderful job in there of correcting wrong thinking about that, where every sermon kind of is, is just a ending on, on, on you know, the four spiritual laws, for, for lack of a better, better terminology. And looking at how that each passage needs to say, how does 
what Christ accomplished on the cross and his death and resurrection, how does that secure for us uh, the things which this passage is, is calling upon us to do or calling upon us how to respond? So it, it's fantastic. I recommend it to anybody. Awesome. Good deal, man. All right. So the last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons are you listening to, if any? Well, um, right now I am not listening to too many um, uh, podcasts at all because of my working on my dissertation. It's just consuming all my time. But uh, I love to listen to you guys. Uh, I love to listen to Daryl uh, Harrison. Um, I really had not been much in the podcast realm prior to, to that. I think Daryl was the first guy's first one I really started listening to. I've, I, I wow. guess Dividing Line is considered a podcast. I guess it would be a mm-hmm. because it's been around forever. I've listened to James White for, for years. Um, one of the pe- preachers I love to listen to that's helpful for me is H.B. Uh, Charles because he is an expositor, but he also is a, uh, a wordsmith, which he, he just challenges me to think deeper about how to communicate in very creative ways. So I love to listen to H.B. Uh, preach the Word of God. I fairly regularly listen to Dr. McCarthy, John MacArthur as well because um, I, I think there are a few people out there that know the Bible as well as he does. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously been preaching for 50 years. Um, those are probably right now, it's very narrow. My world is very narrow. Three or four weeks, Lord willing, <laughs> I will be free, and I will have turned in my dissertation, mm-hmm. and I will start listening to more things and reading more things. Awesome, awesome, good deal. We definitely wish you luck on that, uh, and uh, and and that's that's still a, a really good list. Anytime you mention the bar, just thinking, I mean, you're already ahead of the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, man, Tom, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, take your time out. Like I said before, uh, I always like to give my guests uh, last couple of minutes to address the listeners. Uh, anything you want to share, whether it's a word of encouragement or anything like that, um, I'm going to give you the floor to do that, and then we'll close it on out. Yeah, I think that right now in our culture, evangel- as evangelicalism right now, I really do believe that there is a challenge and a battle going on for the sufficiency of the scripture. And um, I'm in the Southern Baptist world. And so, you know, the, the battle for inerrancy occurred and, and that, that was, was one. And I'm thankful for what has occurred uh, for uh, bringing our seminaries back to being conservative. But I think for, I'm seeing this across the board, not just in Southern Baptist life, but evangelicalism across the board that Christians are not understanding what it means for the Word of God to be sufficient for their life. I'm preaching right now through Colossians 2 and uh, specifically looking at where Paul warns and teaches through that section. In fact, he says that uh, in in chapter 1 and verse 28 of Colossians that his very ministry is to be warning everyone and teaching everyone that he might make them mature in Jesus Christ. Therefore, warning and teaching in the mind of Paul is essential for in fact it's fundamental for maturity in Jesus Christ. And then he goes on in chapter two and verse eight to say that we need to be careful, we need to be warned not to allow uh, ourselves to be taken captive by philosophy 
empty deceit that is according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And I think that is being lost right now among Christians. I think that we're turning to all kinds of places and all times, kinds of things, philosophies, uh, new uh, uh, methods of of spiritual growth. You go into your your local Christian bookstore, and you can find about anything on the shelf that I would be putting a warning label up on, and I think Paul would as well, that doesn't point to the sufficiency of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it doesn't point to the sufficiency of the Word of God. And so I'm finding that more and more as a pastor, that we need to truly believe that everything that we have in Christ Jesus is sufficient for us, for what we need to be able to live the Christian life. And the Word of God is sufficient for everything that we need to be able to understand our world, interpret our world, and transform people's lives, because therein lies the power. And I think that's a big issue of what's going on right now in the entire uh, social justice conversation. We are allowing uh, terminology of the world to be shaping our thinking rather than the Word of God being to shape, to, to shape our thinking. And when we do that, we are going to continue, as long as we do that, we're going to continue to have disagreements among Christians. Because when we go to something outside of Scripture and when we go to something outside of Christ, we are all of a sudden are turning to a variety of different things that are going to divide us. If we would get back to the Word of God and allow it to be sufficient, then we can begin to have, have a starting point that's right, rather than a starting point from all of these variety of worldly philosophies and moving our way back to the Scripture. We ought to be starting with the foundation of Scripture and then moving outward to our world to understand it through the lens of God's Word. So I think that will correct a lot of the problems if we would get back to that. Amen. Good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. I hope you guys definitely listen to that. That is spot on. Tom, thank you again, sir, so much for coming on the show. To the bar listeners, appreciate you guys tuning in to your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast. Make sure you check out the whole bar network on Monday, Pastor Discussion. Tuesday, The Bar, of course. Wednesday, Just Thinking. Thursday, Bars. And on Friday, you can catch up with all that. And so Tom got a lot of catching up to do when he get finished with his uh, dissertation. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Make sure you guys go to thebargear.com. Pick up your bar gear, hats, toboggans, sweaters, hoodies, T-shirts, socks, phone cases, mugs. We got all kinds of stuff to represent your favorite podcast. And until next time, you guys, God bless. And we are
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there